Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Chump Talks. This is episode 217. I am Brady, as always, with Maddie P. What's going on? Uh, you know, just back in the ice cold winter again, what it feels like. But uh, other than that, you know, just, just surviving out here. We had a great interview with, with Piper there. So it was awesome to talk about the Seattle Kraken and also about the Leafs a little bit and the players that they got with Blackwell and Geo. And what's new with you? Really? Yeah. Really fun interview with Piper Shaw. She is the TV host and reporter for the Seattle Kraken. So really, really cool to talk to her. I I, just got, I came across her, I think, on Twitter um, when the trade went down with the Kraken and the Leafs, and she just said something about how good a guys that Colin Blackwell are and Geo are. So I saw her, and we messaged her, and and boom, we had we had an we have a, we're recording this Monday. They had a game tonight too, so she was uh, kind enough to take the time before that game because she had to go work there tonight. So. Big thank you to Piper Shaw, and we will send it over to that shortly. Um, yeah, you said ice cold winter. It is Monday. It is you look outside, and it is like two inches of snow on the truck this morning for me, and and actually yeah. like wiping things off. I thought we were done with that. It was perfect last week or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks ago, I played. It was like two weeks ago th- on Thursday. Um, it was like the nicest day we've had, um, and I had my last hockey game that night in my beer league Thursday night league I play and it was just perfect way. I was like perfect way to end, end the winter last hockey game and nicest day. All right, no more snow. I'm done with winter. I'm done with playing yeah. hockey. Boom. We get last night with lots of snow. I ended up playing hockey last night on Sunday night too, because it just felt like a time to play hockey because it was cold again. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm ready for warm weather for sure. Oh, I know. I just, you get the you get the taste of the warm weather, and then you go back to this, and it's just it's hard to it's hard to find the motivation out there when you're just freezing, and you think you should be out there in t-shirt weather. But hey, you know what you know what season Canada. we are entering for the next couple months though. We're entering like the work season of I don't know what to wear to work. Yeah, and then when I'm at work, I don't know do I take off the sweater, and then you get a little too cold. You put on the sweater, then you're a little too hot. It's just I do hate this time of year for that. You're just in between. Like pants some days are horrible when you get close to shorts weather. Do you put on the long johns? Do you not? Exactly. And then the wor- I think what's worse, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's worse to underdress and then be too cold or if it's worse to for me honestly. It's, it's worse, worse to, to underdress. I think it might be worse to overdress. You can like, always take layers off though. Yeah. I guess. Like there's been days where I've been I can't I've been tarpless in the van taking off because i usually wear like a black long sleeve like under everything okay. there's been days where it, like the weather's actually been decent i'm like all right i'm getting this crap off me i've been just sitting in the work van tarps off taking off every single layer and just getting myself adjusted to a nice you know like a more workable temperature for clothing wearing you know mm-hmm. i th- i think it's way better to to overdress yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely, definitely see that point. But if you, if you overdress in the lower part of your body and you're not in a place where you can take layers off that way, like if I wear, if I wear long johns, I can't always take those long johns off, you know? And then if you're well, too warm in the lower regions, that's horrible. Yeah. But you could do it in the work van. True. It's also gold bond season coming up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no free ad reads, but Gold Bond is a saver. No free ad. Oh man, if we could get if we get Gold Bond as an advertiser for this, that'd be perfect. Because I honestly, I need to restock. Yeah, you every introduced summer. me into that. 
Yeah. Oh, it's the, it doesn't matter if you're a gold bond cream type of guy, if you're a gold bond powder, I personally prefer the powder. If you really want to get crazy and try both opals, quite the, quite the sensation. Yeah. I have never tried the cream, but I mean, the powder stuff, it, it does something to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it changes you as a man (laughs) or woman. I don't know. They use them too. I'm sure. Yeah. They, they use it as well. Uh, yeah <laughs> will smith <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah um yeah will smith slapped yeah that, chris rock isn't that just yeah like, we got we got to get into that because that is like one of the wildest things that's got ever ever happened on like live television yeah to but to start off neither of us are like in pop pop culture neither of us are too no, neither in, of so. us know a thing i didn't even know that there was a word the grammys or whatever were happening last night Oscars, I think. Oscars, whatever. Yeah. Wait. I don't know. I don't no, know. We got. I don't we got to get this. Mean. We got to get this right. I. I want to. Oscars. I think it's the Oscars. Well. Yes. Yes, it was the Oscars. The Oscars. Yeah, and Will yeah. Smith uh, won. Won something. But before he won, he smacked. He smacked. <laughs> we don't Chris know Rock. anything about what happened. We just we, know about the smack that yeah, we because see all you see over. Social media. Every but, single meme is about that right now. Which, but the, what I was seeing a lot today is people were trying to decide if it was like for TV, like a fake slap. Yeah, that's or if it was real. Was it, was it staged or not staged? Yeah, from my investigative knowledge, and I watched, I zoomed in on a video and watched to see if like there was real, like good connection. I don't think it was staged. I think that was a i think that was like a real slap yeah and see that's the part that's hard to tell sometimes because obviously these guys are actors so you know i'm sure they could all have this going way overhead and us never even know but if i were to guess though i would i would say it was real too interesting move to have the open hand yeah i know like what does that do for (laughs) will smith's uh credibility in the like when you see him in a movie punching someone in the face, I I feel like I'm just going to think back to that slap now. Yeah, there's going to be memes about that now or some. If he does do that, it'll be like a big thing again. Yeah, so I don't know. I uh, don't have much opinion on the matter other than I think it was real and and that was crazy. If you haven't watched that like was the, crazy. In the uncut like the version too. Uncut version. That's that's the one to watch if you haven't watched that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. much. Oh, so uh, we had to bring it up because it's, I, yeah. we had the radio station on all day at work today. And I think that topic was brought up about 17 times. Well, yeah. we were listening to the radio. So what radio station do you guys normally listen to? I think we were ripping 95.9 today. 95.9. Yeah. We can't change it every day, but. Is that Dunk's call usually? Uh, well, we usually take turns uh, playing music off each other's phones, but the the radio or speaker or whatever wasn't working today with our phones. Just, I don't mm. know if it was the cold or what, but so we had to because we were so sick of listening to that stuff. But mm. we had to bear the radio all day and did it ever get repetitive? But yep, it does that. I it I listened to the radio on Friday. Um, for some reason, like in the truck, I normally have my phone plugged in. And I'll put music or podcasts on. But I was listening to the radio all day for some reason, and Country One Hundred Four put on luke combs within two, within a two-hour stretch i was driving for the whole two hours they put on one luke combs song a new one it's called doing this great tune but they put it on in two hours they put it on four times really and i heard all four of them i'm like okay, no it's way a great tune. four times yes in like wow. two and a half three hours it was right in there 
But I do have to shout out some positivity to 104. I was driving home Friday after work, and they mm-hmm. were playing some like previous live Schneider Twain concert on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the greatest things that I've ever listened to on the drive home. <laughs> Honestly, I was yeah. just bumping the entire way. Just Shania after Shania. You could hear the crowd and like every song. It was it was yeah. honestly great. Like I was like, man, I if they do Shania's every Friday, I'm totally down for that. Yeah, they were doing Chris Stapleton live. It must have been like a live Ooh. thing all day because in the morning I heard like Chris Stapleton live too. Do you think it was like legit like live live from that day? Mm-hmm. No, or just no, no. like previous. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, not from that day, but it must have been like something they were doing. I don't know if they do it a lot of Fridays or whatever, but yeah, um, yeah. Either but anyway, way. that was that made that made my drive home on Friday. Good, big Shania Twain fan. What's your favorite Shania song? Oh, uh, I feel like man. I feel like a woman is a classic. Of course, up, it's a classic. Another good one. Uh, there's, honestly, there's probably like five that I just just love. What's that? Um, no, that's Carrie Underwood, I think. Uh, when I dug my key into... Oh, yeah, the, <laughs> that's, that's Carrie Underwood. That's, that's I dug my key yeah. Yeah. <laughs> into the side of this pretty little... Uh, Souped-up four-wheel drive, I believe. Four-wheel drive, yep. Let's send it over to Piper uh, Shaw now. Do you want to do that? Yeah, yeah. I thought okay. we, already, we're go- we already did it, but here is uh, <laughs> Piper Shaw, TV host from the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay, today on the show, we are joined by Seattle Kraken TV host and reporter Piper Shaw. Piper, thanks so much for doing this today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, as Brady said, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's Monday night that we're recording here. Seattle's playing in LA. Uh, just kind of talk us through what a game day looks like for you and uh, just kind of how you got to where you are with Seattle. So a game day where I am reporting, we we have like two talent basically for all of kind of the crew positions. So sometimes I am on the road, sometimes I'm at, on at the home games, kind of depends. But on a game day that I'm working um, as a reporter, t- typically it starts with morning skate. In the morning we go, we look at what, you know, the line rushers, line rushes are for the day, who's going to be starting in net, uh, any, you know, personnel updates, check out the, you know, the special teams units, if there's any kind of big notes there. And then we usually have morning availability with a player or two and head coach Dave Haxtell um, just for what to expect, you know, for the matchup that day, Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Uh, And then typically I go and I go do my homework and I check in with my producer of whatever, you know, extra notes we know that we're going to be talking about tonight or know that we're going to be touching on that day. Uh, It, you know, varies game to game, obviously, especially Mm -hmm. with Seattle, there's been so much of like, this is the first ever this, or this is the ever this like whatever we might be highlighting um yeah and then so then we usually do some kind of storyline or hit like at the top of the broadcast and then uh interviews throughout like any other broadcast you know but um yeah so I mean it's pretty standard in terms of how you run a broadcast but it's kind of an all-day affair as a reporter Uh, yeah I'm curious how you even got to Seattle to start because I think I saw last year maybe two years ago you're covering NCAA hockey is that right yeah, so I am a Minnesotan, born and raised in St. Cloud, Minnesota. I went yeah. to St. Cloud for college because they have a great broadcasting program and they have a D1 hockey team that I grew up watching <laughs> my entire life. And so lots of opportunities to be on air and cover hockey there. And uh, and they also have like a really strong news program, which is actually where I kind of started in was was local news, especially because the sports programs are so competitive as 
the sports industry is in general and broadcasting mm-hmm. in general. But yeah, so anyways, I moved to Madison, Wisconsin for my first job at a local news station when I graduated. I was there for like nine months, and then I got an opportunity to start covering Wisconsin Badger hockey for Fox Sports Wisconsin, which is a branch of Fox Sports North, which now has all been transitioned into Bally Sports. But I think, I mean, you guys are Canadian, so you kind of, I know you guys don't have college hockey, but you kind yeah. of, and like in Seattle, it's a little bit different. Like they don't, yeah. like they have the WHL here, but they don't really understand like, how popular college hockey is and how it's such a way of life like in the midwest in the united states especially in minnesota so it's like yeah we have entire broadcast teams dedicated to college hockey like <laughs> yeah west. so yeah that's where i was before uh covering wisconsin hockey cole caulfield dylan yeah. Hall, yeah. keandre miller uh lots of and of course tony granado I mean, there you go. <laughs> wow. What was, what was the process like getting that job? Cause obviously with a new franchise like that and being in a competitive market, I'm sure there would have been a, a lot of people wanting to be in the shoes that year. And so just how was that process? And especially for you just coming from Minnesota, just uh, how, how difficult, what the, uh, difficult was it? And since uh, you've been in Seattle, how's that transformation been for you? So as I'm sure probably anybody who works in some kind of, perceived high level broadcasting role will tell you it's so much about like who you know and being specific about the moves that you want to make and like strategic but when I found out that NHL or that Seattle would be getting a new NHL team I told my boss like three or four years ago at the time I was like I want to go work for that team and he was like oh nice okay (laughs) (laughs) and I was like no like I'm going to and he was like yeah all right bet and then like july when they announced july god what would have been like 2020 of july i think when they announced that they were going to be named the kraken and everything i like scheduled a meeting with him and i was like all right cammy granado is a scout there so i need to go talk to tony about talking to cammy and anybody and everybody else that i knew in any wild connection into it but mm-hmm. i'd also already been doing like some kind of casual interviews with some of the people that were in charge of entertainment with the team who other producers had connected me with because basically i was telling everybody and like their dog about how i was going to go work in seattle yeah so a lot of people were like okay and they would send me one person's email and then somebody else would send me one person's email so you know i uh I don't know. I just talked. I had like a thousand interviews and just one person <laughs> would decide that they would like me. And then, then they would pass me to the next person. And then they decided that they liked me and then they'd put me to the next person. And then they were like, Hey, do you want to move to Seattle? Because the expansion draft is next week. And I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. And I hosted oh, yeah. <laughs> the draft and I was like, all right. You were hosting the expansion draft. Yeah, not the ESPN broadcast, but, like, the event for the team. Right. Like, I right. got to do, like, Jerry Bruckheimer and stuff, which is, like, okay. pretty sick. Yeah, that's cool. And it, the start of the season in Seattle must have just been so exciting, too. I'm sure it still is. But just the thought of having an expansion team and, and everyone was excited because Vegas did it a few years before. But it's it has been a little tougher sledding for Seattle this year, obviously, than Vegas had. And I think that was very predicted in the – in the in the hockey world that it wasn't going to be quite the same as it was with Vegas but how's it how's the spirits been of the team and the fans just just as the season's gone along the spirit of the fans are like unwavering because they like you know it's a very different kind of hockey tradition that they are very purposefully establishing as a like as a brand out here for Seattle 
because most of them are like learning the game for the first time compared to places like Toronto and Minnesota who have like, you know, legacy teams, you know, people are born skating. They come out of the womb, you know, like they, so like our, our practice facility here has three sheets of ice and it's called the Kraken community ice plex. And they have like a, they have, I think like a 50 person staff hired by the team just to teach people how to play hockey and how to skate, which is, I I mean, I know wild doesn't have that. Like, I don't know. I can't speak to every other franchise, but so it's been really exciting because like win or lose the franchise, the Kraken franchise and everybody who works for it, like they're making it all like this is Seattle's team. This is not like just the NHL's new team. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing it so on purpose and so wisely. Um, and then in terms of like the spirits of the players, I mean, most of them are just, they, in fact, I had a very candid interview with one Mason Appleton who no longer plays for the crack and he was traded back to the Winnipeg. Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was actually like a lot, a, a live interview. And I think like nine, go- nine guys like scored in this one game or had points rather in this one game against like the Sabres earlier this season. I was like, what do you attribute like that depth to? He's like, well, you know, with us all being like expansion picks, we're all pretty much the same level of player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he just like said, I'm like, well, you said it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> but, wow. and so then, I, you know, I think they're just staying positive for the most part. And the fans are that all the guys will tell you that the fans could, I don't want to say they could care less whether. Yeah. But like the bar is pretty low. So yeah. Good if you're a player, like you don't feel like you're gonna get like, you know, pitchforks outside your house like you might in Montreal and Toronto for sure. <laughs> yeah. our, our fans and we're we're a part of we're a part of the fan base, the easily the worst fan base in the NHL. I'll say it. We're not. It is. We're true. not. We're not the bad ones. We're not the bad part. But there's a lot of bad here uh, near Toronto. I feel like, but I don't know. Yeah. No. Every everything you hear about Toronto is pretty much true. But um, I'm curious about the I'm curious about the fans after the trade deadline because obviously uh, we're going to get to that Leaf trade that happened. But there were I think like six or seven moves Seattle made, and pretty much all of them just brought draft picks back. Do the fans, for the most part, understand that this kind of needs to happen and it's going to benefit them in the next few years? What? It, it depends because. The fans who were hockey fans before, like yeah. followed the WHL around here and stuff, or like had a different team or mm-hmm. transplants from Seattle, like they mostly understood. But even if you know you were the GM of the Leafs or the Flyers or whatever, and you are like, yeah, we've got thirty-five picks for the next three years, you'd kind of be like, but like, yeah, even us as broadcasters, we were like, who is skating next week? Yeah. <laughs> But then they picked up Victor Rask and Daniel Sprong and Derek Pouliot. So, like, then they picked mm. up at least three more guys. Yeah, because no AHL team yet either, correct? You, well, they share the checkers. Okay. The checkers. So, we do have I, – I don't know exactly how many guys we have. I think we have, like, seven? Yeah, like, not yeah. enough to fill a team yet. No, but yeah, close. but we have, like, a goaltender. And, like, Cole Lind is going to finish out the season with us. He was the pick from uh, the Canucks that we had, and he kind of nice. – playing up and down and then like Riley Shahan has been in our lineup since Brandon Tanev went out injured for the rest of the season and yeah yeah. yeah. there's like a couple like they they definitely call up and like have sent back down so like there's there's a handful of guys but like not necessarily like okay so we gave up Colin and Gio and (laughs) and Kelly like and there's just like okay no players coming back yeah yeah it was like three yeah so it was just 
busy at first. But to answer your question, long story short, I think at first some of the fans didn't understand until Ron Francis, the general manager, like got on mic and was like, hey, just so you know, I'm not planning to draft 35 kids in yeah. the next three years. Like this is draft capital. We are going to take these picks over the summer and use them to trade for some players to fill yeah. out, you know, the roster next year and the year after that with players more immediately and still have a ton of picks. So yeah. now I think people get it, but like the immediate reaction, they were like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> How would you de- describe the atmosphere in Seattle compared to some of the other NHL arenas you've been to? Like Brady and I, we just went to the Scotiabank Center to watch the Leafs play a couple of weeks ago. And it, it's not really the atmosphere that you kind of hope for as a fan. It's just kind of more the business guys there. It feels like just guys going for going to the game for the sake of going to a hockey game. But just in, in your time in Seattle and just vis- visiting some other NHL arenas, how would you describe the atmosphere compared to some of the others? It's insane. It's literally insane. But there's a couple of things to that. One of them is, like I mentioned before, the fans are just so excited to be part of something. And the organization has on purpose made – everything for people who live in Seattle. Like our goal horn is a legit uh, retired fairy horn. Like they took it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. In the arena. Like Nirvana, obviously Nirvana is from Seattle. The goal song like is lithium by Nirvana. It's like everything that they have done and so on purpose for people who live here, whether they know the game or not. But also, one, the arena is basically brand new because it was the old Key Arena, which is where the Supersonics played, and it was a whole thing. It's The arena cost over a billion dollars because they had to support the roof the whole time because I guess oh, it was historic. So they had to suspend the roof for two years through a pandemic <laughs> while yeah. they built a new arena, and it's like a subterranean arena. Okay. So when you sit in there, there's windows like up top. Anyways, it's Ooh. pretty cool. But yeah, also, like the guy in charge of all of the arena entertainment at Climate Pledge Arena was the guy who launched the Vegas Golden Knights. His name's Johnny Greco. Oh, He's, a legend. Okay. He's worked for a bunch of other things. He used to do WWE, like their game presentation. Uh, at one point, like earlier in his career, he was with like the Blue Jackets. But so everything that you see Vegas do, like that was him. And wow. so they brought him here. But it's completely different because the whole Seattle brand is like, people here it's like rainy and flannels and grungy and kind of edgy <laughs> like it's not show business you know? yeah, yeah like blue collar yes exactly but also techie so yeah. like they kind of got this mix of like heavy guitars and then like edm music like i'm not gonna lie it's pretty sick yeah that is sick is there is there a player or two on seattle that's kind of been underrated this year maybe hasn't got the attention that may, they maybe deserve around the league but just kind of someone that you've noticed in your games from watching seattle that kind of deserves more credit for how they're playing and maybe even developing as a player being an expansion pick you want to know who one of my favorite people is slash was is colin blackwell (laughs) it's so funny because i used to always be like oh look at that blackwell with speed because it just he was one of the few guys that like would just wheel to the other like he would sometimes he's just like throwing his body into the boards like in ways just like committing to getting that puck in ways that like you don't see a lot of other guys even on other teams not just the crack and like doing and so i used to always tell my colleagues like Colin Blackwell plays like a college hockey player and I don't, and they would be like, I don't know what that means. Cause some of them don't like, aren't familiar with college hockey. And it's like, because it's just this like grit 
and this grind like at all costs yeah at all costs and also he he definitely is the kind of player that like you know he'll make some pretty like reckless mistakes really quick but then he's also like so clutch where you're like so anyways yeah. i was always such a colin blackwell fan <laughs> yeah so that was tough <laughs> he's been playing i haven't seen like much has been since since the trade has he been playing for you guys or he's just- he's been on the fourth line every game and he's not getting he's not getting much ice i really hope that he gets put up in the lineup the Leafs are always juggling things around but their first line stays put kind of it's like the the next three lines underneath that but yeah last game the fourth line had a bit of a tough one I think he only got like five minutes of ice so I really hope that goes up because I am excited about him too um but let's let's uh we'll go quickly to that trade so the Leafs sent some draft picks I don't remember exactly what it was but we got Geo and Blackwell um just getting to talk to these guys off the ice you already just talked about Blackwell but what kind of guy was Geo off the ice when you got to talk to him obviously the captain of the Kraken while he was there literally the nicest man ever for no reason especially for somebody who's been in this league and in this you know business yeah. hockey player for like 20 school. years yeah, I mean, yeah. I think he was with the Flames for 16 seasons. Because yeah. I know he was the captain for 15. And I highly doubt he was the captain the first year. Yeah, so yeah. Like 16, <laughs> 17 seasons, I believe he was with the Flames. And then he was the captain there for 15 years before mm-hmm. he came one year here. So, I mean, there's something to be said about the kind of player who gets to just stay with one franchise as their captain for that long mm-hmm. i mean this is only now the second time that he's moved to a new team right like to go to the leaves but geo was the kind of guy like i remember we were in detroit and it was really cold and usually we let the players like as media people the players get on the buses first when we're like going to the arena and stuff um and we kind of just like hang out drink our coffee socialize and Gio was just like standing out there one day and i was trying to get like my suitcase under the bus and it was fine he was like do you need help piper and i was like no. Oh, no 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 i don't need help i don't need help suitcase, <laughs> and i was like he was like how are you doing and i was like yeah oh, i'm i'm fine i'm fine how how are you like, like, like morning skate like i'm like don't mind me like so nice. <laughs> he'd come off the ice for an interview in the middle of the game he's like dripping in sweat you know out of breath and he would just be like how are you doing tonight piper and i'm like fine like how are yeah. you like you just had two penalties and came out of the box, scored a shorty. I'm doing fine. I- yeah. <laughs> do you do you do the interviews like in between the periods when guys just get off the ice? That's that's part of your job as well. Yes. Nice. So I always wonder with those, like it's a lot of times guys you can tell don't really want to be there, but they know they kind of have to be. But then the guys that just like finish a shift and are so out of breath, you got to feel bad for them a little bit. They're yeah. answering questions like <sighs> like just breathing heavy the whole time. Well, that's why I usually will be like take a minute also usually the pr guys like get them like a towel and a water or like yeah hat. like they all kind of you know and we don't do oh, the way we don't we do ours we tape them we don't do them live in the, oh, okay um so they like run in the like pre right right show so it's not like it has to be yeah they can take a minute if they needed to um but sometimes they would rather just like do it get in the locker room sometimes the guys would rather like go to the locker room Sometimes, like, Adam Larson a couple times is, like, just, like, taking off his gear and he's, like, in a t-shirt. And you're, like, all right. Who's the uh, – is, is there, like, a funniest guy on the team? Like, is there a, a team clown that you can kind of see? I have asked this question to multiple players of who they think mm-hmm. the clown is. And Joey Decord is 
probably the most popular answer of like oh, really? on the team. He's yeah. like third string goalie. He's like he's actually really been really good down in the AHL for the Checkers. Um, and the Kraken use him for like a lot of media stuff. But when Nathan Bastion was on the team, everybody said Nathan Bastion, and then the <laughs> Devils picked him like back up from waivers. Yeah. Um, somebody who's probably was the best interview on the team was Colin Blackwell. Like they, <laughs> producers would be like, only two questions because Colin will talk. Oh, you nice. Know? And he's nice. so smart. I mean, he's a Harvard kid, like, which, you know, you don't necessarily have to have the academics to get into Harvard to go play there, you know, quite the same. But he is a smart person and a great yeah. speaker, which is another reason that I liked him. So hopefully he does something wild and you guys can get him on TV and catch, catch a Colin Blackwell interview. <laughs> I hope yeah. so. I hope so. That's our guy now, but I'm, yeah. uh, I'm curious what the reaction was around Seattle when Gio was traded, obviously being named uh, the first ever captain of Seattle and everything that you hear about Gio is always positive. So I'm just curious what the reaction was around Seattle trading their, their first ever captain. Obviously they, they got some good return for him, but it's got to be a, a little sad for some fans to have to trade their captain after not even completing a full season yet. This is very true. But one thing I will say is that the, I mean, Ron Francis didn't explicitly say, Hey, Gio's going to be gone, but they're like the fan base was pretty aware for months, like probably since yeah. January that he was one of the better assets that the team would have. Also, I believe he is a UFA. So that was mm -hmm. like, so is Colin. And so like, there were a couple of guys that just because of that, you're like, well, you know, that might be depending on how they finish out the season or mm -hmm. what might be interested. Like, so there was that, but also I think because Everybody knows that this team needs to figure it out, obviously. And Gio was not part of the piece that needed to figure it out on this team. But I think that the that the fans were very willing to like let them figure it out at whatever kind of cost yeah. that took. As long as it wasn't Jared McCann. Nobody wanted to see Jared McCann go. And then they signed him to an extension, which was good. Yeah, um, yeah. And one thing, too, that I think softens the blow of it in terms of Gio going to Toronto is that Gio wanted to go to Toronto. He's from Toronto. His entire family lives there. His parents are there. And he just had his, like, thousandth game. Um, it, was on, it was on the road, but we did a big ceremony for him in Seattle, and his dad, like, narrated the whole thing. And it was <laughs> a big show. It was really cool. cool. So, and Gio told Francis, like, you can trade me anywhere. But Francis was like, is Toronto okay? And Gio was like, please, thank you. Yeah, wow. That's where he wanted to go. So that makes it better. You know, it's not like they're like, what the hell? I got to yeah. go you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and Jared, Jared McCann, that's the guy you stole from us too. I wish he was, I wish he was still Leaf. He never actually played a game, yeah, but. He didn't even play a game. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, well, it would have been nice. would have been nice to see him in a Leaf uniform, I think. He's good. Yeah. He's really nice too. Yeah. Well, getting like a shot too he's he's one of those guys he's 25 yeah, yeah. Been, i think this is his fifth his sixth nhl team fifth or sixth team that he's played yeah. he's just been traded around this league because he's always good enough to be like have some value as an asset but never enough necessarily to have been a franchise player anywhere yeah, so yeah. it sounds like seattle's like jared you're gonna be with us for a while and jared's like please, <laughs> please thank you nice. Nice. Anyway, just kidding well, hopefully uh, Gio can at least help get the Leafs past the first round this year. But if you had to choose a team from the East and a team from the West to make to the Stanley Cup Finals right now, who are your two teams? Ooh, on the spot. Who do I think will or who do I want? Uh, who do you both. think? Yeah, both. We can go both. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I mean, I just think that the Hurricanes, I think they got it. Like, I just think that they're looking good this year. I think they got it. And then I also would say that I just think that the Avs got it too. Yeah. Minnesota's scary now too. Minnesota, like that's who I want. Yeah. I want. And they did just beat the Avs last night in overtime, but also they've won their last three games in a row in overtime. So then it's like, why are all of your games going to overtime? At least you're clutching them, I guess. And then they make this big trade for flurry. Yeah. Cam Talbot has won his – he's only lost three games at home all year, and he's won his last eight starts. Yeah. So I guess maybe they were just, like, doubling down on, like, we will not allow goaltending to be the reason that mm-hmm. we which don't run. Which is a bit of a sore sore topic for us in, in Toronto because uh, a lot of a lot of Leaf fans wanted Flurry. Um, I was going to ask, too, though, is Minnesota obviously your childhood team that you cheered for growing up, so you still keep tabs on them pretty well? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean – my friend who's been like, she was born and raised, she, she's much younger than me, but she was born in 2001 in Detroit. Okay. She was raised in Ann Arbor. So she's like, Minnesota is the most irrelevant franchise that's ever existed. <laughs> Nobody cares about Minnesota. Because she was like a Red Wings fan from like yeah. the golden, you know? And I was just like, so I would love to be, I would love to see them really make a run this year. I think it would be great. And I also think that for years, even though I, you know, grew up in the era of the Zach Parise and Suter show, I think that those big changes that they made, they used to just turn over GM after GM and head coach after head coach just to keep those two basically like in charge and in power. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that they kind of gave them the boot and the team seems to be a completely different team since then. Yeah. So. I think we'll, we'll kind of end on this. Uh, we have a, we, Matt and I have a friend that moved here to, and she married one of our friends. She's from Seattle though. So she's explained it to us a little bit, kind of how it's like, but in your opinion, if, uh, if we were to travel down to Seattle and we wanted to make a day of it, is there like bars to go to before? What's the downtown? Like, is it just a, like, if we're going to Seattle, what are two things we maybe need to do other than see the Kraken? Oh my gosh. It depends what you like. Do you like nature-y stuff or do you like more like touristy stuff? Oh, Matt's a big nature yeah, guy. Yeah, big nature guy. Then yeah. <laughs> I would definitely go for some hikes because Seattle is literally on If it's a clear day, there are volcanoes, three of them on each side. Oh, like, wow. and So you can be in the middle of the water and there's just literally mountains everywhere. And then there's also the ocean there. So it's just like really cool. And hiking is huge here. It's like a super outdoorsy thing. So, um, I haven't been on like a ton of hikes and it also depends how aggressive you are about hiking. But I would say if you <laughs> like hiking, this is like find a good hike would be one of them. Yeah. So I randomly did with my friend who lives in Florida last week is they have like hot tub boats where you can literally take them out mm. on the water down. You see the space needle, the mountains, and you're like in a hot tub boat in the middle of the city. That was fun. That's all right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's lots of cool bars and stuff. You obviously go see the space needle do yeah. the place market if you like music we have this really sick museum called mopop which is the museum of pop culture which was founded by like the co-founder of microsoft i forget his name Ooh. people who are interesting smart yeah yeah like, we might have some smart people listening we're not them but <laughs> we're out here like they know all the tech people you know yeah tech city but they yeah. have got a whole nirvana exhibit a whole Jimi hendrix exhibit a pearl jam exhibit they have like a whole horror movie exhibit and a sci-fi oh, wow with like all the og star wars props like the model size tatooine because that's like how they shot it 
Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys like Star Wars, but <laughs> not I a big Star Wars guy, but there are people. That. It was super cool. They got like, all the lightsabers. They got like Freddy Krueger's costume in there. So if yeah. you like like sci-fi stuff, they got Dumbledore's robes, a bunch of Game of Thrones stuff. So <laughs> that's cool. That's a really cool museum. So I would go see that. That is really cool. And uh, just one more for you here before we end off. Since you've started your career in Seattle, what's been your favorite moment? Oh my goodness. My I know there's, there's probably a lot, but if there's one that sticks out or just even a memory or a story so far. Probably one of my favorite moments would be one of the earliest moments that I had here, which was when I was hosting the expansion draft because I kind of just got thrown into the middle of this organization that was just throwing everything together. And I was like hosting this event with all these Seattle legends. Like I got to meet like, Lenny Wilkins and Bobby Wagner was like hosting a thing with me and wow. I was just hanging out with Bobby Wagner all day and I was like all right let's That's go cool. and I got an interview um um Jerry Bruckheimer who's one of the owners of the Kraken but he's also like a huge pr movie producer and director like the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise is his franchise Top Gun is his franchise wow. like so he's like one of like the most, which is also, I think, probably why we are Kraken and like pirate themed because obviously Pirates of the Caribbean and the Kraken, but yeah. I got to interview him. And then he came up to me later and he just said that he, he's a very soft-spoken man. He's told me that he, he thought I had a bright career ahead of wow. me. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. That is a feather in my cap. So yeah. That that's was very awesome. cool to me. <laughs> that is cool. And then, and then just as far as doing what you're doing now, you can see yourself doing it for the next few years. Do you have different goals and things you want to achieve? I don't, I don't know. I get asked that question a lot. And like, sometimes I just try to take inventory on the fact that even when I was covering college hockey, which I loved and I still, mm -hmm. love, I'm tracking, you know, the frozen four, like, like no other, but, um, that even that kind of an opportunity is something that people work for for 15 years or 20 years to get to in their career. So I try to just be grateful and like work hard with what I have right now. I don't necessarily, I mean, like it maybe it would be cool someday to like do NHL network or whatever, but I don't really want to move to like New York city. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. So I'm just kind of enjoying where I'm at. And for the last five years, four years, this is the only place I wanted to be. So now I'm kind of, yeah, I'm a very yeah. like ambitious person. So it's hard for me not to like want to do more, but then at the same time, I'm like, it's okay to just, you don't have to hustle your entire life. away. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, Piper, thank you so much for doing this. Um, we're excited to watch the crack and get, get a little better in the next few years. And, and you never know this kid, uh, Shane, Wright. If the crack and lose, uh, maybe a few more games than Montreal, then, then, uh, Shane Wright could be a Kraken. So, uh, we're, we're excited for that possibility. And thanks so much for doing this. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Thank right. you. See you later. Huge thank you to Piper Shaw for joining the boys on episode 217. That episode was brought to you by 519 Tech Services. Your phone battery dead before the end of the day, having recharged a couple times. 519 Tech Services, located in Elmira, Ontario, now offers extended capacity battery replacements for most iPhones. They offer fast and affordable repairs for all makes and models of phones, tablets, and computers. Diagnostic testing is always free, and all repairs are covered by a lifetime warranty. Visit 519techservices.ca or call Peter at 226-444-9927 to get a quote today. And if you're not in the Waterloo region, they offer mail-in repairs too. Uh, mentioned Chump Talk Podcast for 10% off that already extremely cheap bill. 509 Tech Services, thank you so much. Piper Shaw, thank you so much. Fun interview, eh, Poolsy? Yeah, that was, that was honestly a really fun one. It was 
just cool to because we haven't really uh, got into the Seattle aspect of it all since you know their their season has started there the first yeah. time ever. So it was cool just to get some insight on there, and I'm sure it's. Uh, I mean, you know, everything is new in Seattle. I get all, all the crew would be completely new to it. So I'm sure there's lots of interesting stuff going on there all the time. And especially with the season they're having. But what was that stat after the deadline? They had like 31 guys under contract, which is like absolutely insane. Like most yeah. teams are like right at 50. So. And what makes that crazier is they only have like nine guys in the AHL. Yeah. Yeah. Like so actually, they're literally, they're literally waiting for the waiver wire to open up just to to fill their roster. Yeah. And I heard like college players too could even be yeah. coming in undrafted guys, but fulfilling roster spots. Honestly, if they're, if I had to pick five GMs, I don't think Ron Francis would be first, but he would be in my top five of guys I would want in that situation. If I was a Seattle Kraken fan. Yeah. I would, like I would say, that. I would say top of my list, I think will always be Stevie Y. He just seems like an absolute legend as a GM. I think Stevie Y would be my, my top GM. If I had to, if I had to start a franchise right now, I was, and I was the owner and I needed a GM. I think Stevie Y is my number one pick, but I think Ron Francis is maybe number two. Could yeah. be, I'm trying to think here. Like who, who are I would love a guy like Ron GM? Francis. He just seems like such a great hockey mind. Yeah. He's been around, yeah, been around like, so long. But if I asked you that question right now, say, Say you won the lottery and you're going to buy the Quebec Nordiques and you need to start a franchise from scratch. You get to pick any GM out there. Who are you picking? Man, I would honestly probably go Stevie Y. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how you don't. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think Steve, Stevie Y is like, obviously he's not underrated anymore because he does get that recognition. But, I mean, you see what he did in Tampa building that roster. I think Detroit has in a super promising future. I think Detroit will be that team that's back in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Whenever they do make it, I feel like they'll get on they could easily get another run of being there, you know, ten years straight mm-hmm. again. Like they've got so many good prospects coming up. Just even guys that not not necessarily drafted high, but I don't know. Stevie Y just changes an organization for some reason. Like you seen him do it at Tampa. He got him over the hump there. They were kind of like in a similar situation as the Leafs. Like this was like years ago, like you know, first, second round exits all the time. And now they're, they've been like the cup favorite the last three or four years. And they actually proved that they deserve to be the cup favorite. So mm-hmm. I don't know, Stevie, Stevie, Y would be for me, but who would you take? Uh, well, I already said Stevie, Y before you did. Oh, like that's who you would like. If you were Quebec or Deeks, that's who you would take too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't, no. I thought you were going to go a different way for, well, I, to the quick Nordique portion of it. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, no. I okay. no. not the uh, Shanna plan. Oh, uh, he's not a GM. Yeah, but he could be. Oh no, I wouldn't pick him. Um, Seattle. I think we, we obviously don't get to watch because they, well, obviously if we're calling a spade a spade, don't really want to watch a Seattle game too much right now like with the players they have and, and, but that's honestly what you have to do. I hope so badly they get Shane right. I want, oh. I, I want Seattle to get Shane right. I know. Or at least have oh, a I would turn that around right away. I really just don't want Montreal to get them. We've talked about that many times and it's looking like more and more like it was actually, there's a little bit in me that wasn't as angry when the Habs beat them Saturday night because I'm like, Oh, there's two more points for the Habs. Maybe they won't get Shane yeah. right. And, but I don't know. 
Like right, as of right now, the Leafs kind of need wins too. Cause as of right now they're playing Tampa Bay and I don't know if you got to watch That's them. So versus, tight, man. Did you watch Florida versus Toronto Sunday night? Yeah. Most of it. So I've said this many times this year, and it's not just because they won that game. Florida is a wagon of a team. They're a really good team. But I think the Leafs match up so much better against Florida than they do to any other possible first round. Like, it's kind of run and gun. Yes, just just because of history, though. Yeah. Like I And I think – and and there's no – if the Leafs play Boston, you won't have guys like Matthews and Marner, like, that's not going to be. That's going to be in somewhere in their head. Ooh, we're playing Boston. Yeah, I know. So that's I what's be, scary. That's what's scary. I man. want it to be Florida so bad because Florida plays a similar type to, to Leafs. Like they got high flying offense, and I think when you have a team that's playing similar to the Leafs, the Leafs always play a little better. No matter what, Matthews will always be the best player on the ice. So yeah, yeah, you have that. Obviously. Barkov and Huberto are on different level as well, but you know you can say the same about yeah. Tavares and Marner, and you know you can put Willie in that category. Mm-hmm. But Willie also, he's you know you, we've kind of heard in the media he hasn't like been that Willie that the Willie that we need the last month or so. But come playoff time, Willie like Willie, Willie picks it up in the playoffs. He really does, and I, I'm I'm excited for that. And it's it's coming down to the stretch here. We got under 20 games, and it's man. I like it's crazy, man. Like I'm really starting to like, like it's just around the corner. Like yeah. we're going to be in that first round matchup in just over a month, and I'm I'm nervous for it because the Leafs got to get past the first, and I know whoever they play, it's going to be a battle. It's probably going to be Boston, Tampa, or Florida. So there's yep. there's a lot going on, but I I love the way the so, Leafs look this year compared to last year. Even though they looked good last year, but I feel like they're more complete on defense. Yeah, I talk, I've talked about this many times um, because it's just something that frustrates me. But the, the fact that playoffs aren't one, one through eight, like one plays eight, two plays seven. Like if you look at the Leafs are at 85 points and they're sitting fourth, I think they're in a wild card as a – or no, they, they passed Boston. So Boston and Toronto have both played 65 games. They both have 87 points. But if you go to the uh, the Western, the Western Conference, um, the Central, the Leafs would be second, if not first, in every other division. Yeah, I know. It's just, yeah, it's it's the way it goes this year. Like, unfortunately, their division is Calgary the best and in hockey. Calgary and Colorado are the only two teams in the West that have more points than the Leafs. Yeah, and the Leafs are sixth in the East. Like. Yeah. It's insane. It is. Yeah, but yeah, let's say the matchups were normal today. The Leafs will be playing the Penguins first round. How would you feel that over uh, six versus three? The Leafs are the sixth seed. Pittsburgh's the three seed. Oh, you're saying oh, you, if it you was, look like you just got shot there. You're saying if it was one. Yeah, if it was eight. like if it was like the normal way the way it used yeah. to be. I like well, that yeah. way better. Way better. That, yeah, I would. I mean, that that's would how it out. should be. That's how it should be for sure, and that I, that actually would work out. Like I'd rather have Leafs play Pittsburgh than Tampa, which is it's Tampa right now. Yeah. If the playoffs started today, it's Leafs versus Tampa. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I feel like when you split it up, like with the the current format, you kind of have four separate conferences in a way. Like, yeah, which that's what I don't like. I don't like that either. Like, I don't know. That's just my thought on it. But anyway, the Leafs, they're buzzing. They're looking yeah. good. 
Spaziano Kraken. Really- Let's get back to that for a little bit. Okay. They're currently statistically second last in the league, points-wise, and obviously points percentage. Did you think Seattle would be, like, I'm not saying they're bad, but, like, near the bottom of the league? Like, I, I honestly, like, I kind of thought just, I don't know, you can't compare it to Vegas, but I really thought there could be a chance Seattle would be a playoff team, especially after signing Grubauer. You know, they kind of had a starting goalie. Yeah. He, he was pretty good in Colorado, kind of spotty at times, but. I would say there's three things that, like, really worked against them and worked against them quick. And the number one thing is they thought they had like one of the better goalie duos in the league and Grubauer and Dreger, which on paper they do. Both of them just haven't really been good this year. And that's mm-hmm. their main issue. Um, the second issue is Brandon Tanev got hurt really early on. He was like a spark plug for them. Yeah, and that's one of your of, boys. That's one of your fantasy boys. Oh, he's a fantasy boy of mine every year. I actually traded him to you like a week before he got hurt. So that worked out nice for me, but yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, that's a great GM move by me. I just saw it coming. He was just playing a little too reckless. I knew he was going to get hurt. Um, that, and then they never like Jared McCann, I believe is their leading, leading scorer. I would think, uh, actually Yanni Gord in points, um, has three Gord's missed time too. Yeah. It looks like he's missed like three or four games. Um, but then like they have Gord and McCann and Everly. But after that, there's not really anybody you're going to be like, okay, they're going to score a bunch of goals. And even those three, you're not going to yeah. be like a point-per-game guy. So without having somebody that can get you a point-per-game, you're, you're probably going to struggle. Oh. Like I think if you look at the top 10 NHL teams, there's two or three guys all around a point-per-game or way over. Yeah. I, it's – yeah, I don't know. But either way – it's it's exciting that the season's kind of getting down to the wire here. This is honestly one of the best times of the year. The Jays are starting, what is that, just two weeks? April 6th, 5th, 4th? Yeah, yeah so right around two weeks. Yeah, one of those. Or, yes, yeah, so one week this, this Thursday is when the season starts, which is crazy. Yeah, our That's like 10 draft. days away from starting. Our fantasy draft next Monday. The fantasy draft's a week from today, yeah. Yeah, a week right. from today which I am absolutely pumped for the Jays. Like I really want to get on the Jays train this year. It's obviously tough to keep up with 162 games, but Uh, the Jays are, the Jays are favorites. Like they're, they, you know, they have just as good as chance as anyone at winning it all this year. So. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, You know, something that terrifies me that I think about a lot now. What? I, uh, and, and I'm going to talk about this a lot more on the pod coming up, but I am going to Europe for a month over a month Ooh, um i know what you're gonna say here and it's gonna be it's like i'm it's october slash a bit of november yeah which, that's prime time playoffs baby that the playoffs start at the start of october yeah so Ooh. you know what though it's a, it's gonna be a once in a lifetime trip for me and i'm excited about it but you better believe i uh I could be pulling all nighters watching playoff games. <laughs> yeah, I I will do that too. So, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. One thing that works for that though is I will be visiting my uncle in England, and he still keeps tabs on the Jays game. So, oh, that's sweet. If uh, yeah, so if if we're if it's down to the nitty gritty, and and I'm in England at that time with him, we'll be we'll be finding a way to watch it for sure. But I'll uh. Yeah, I'll be talking about that trip a lot more leading up to it and kind of what's going on. But, yeah, that's something that's definitely in the back of my head. Like, Jays make a World Series run, which we know they can this year. 
and I'm freaking uh, on some boat in Italy with no uh, <laughs> yeah. no way of watching it. You're just canoeing <laughs> down the canal in Italy or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm roaming, roaming the streets of Venice or something, hey, and I, I, see I can't watch there, Latin. Roman. Yep. And Rome. Mm-hmm. Roman and Rome, yeah. baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Roaming in Venice. Yeah, that was that was pretty smart of me. Um, and then and then as far as the studio goes, we are like 98, 96, 92. We'll stop at 92% sure, sure that this will be our last episode the way we're doing it. Yeah, I know. It's if everything goes right. And it'll be uh, if everything does go right, you're gonna want to watch next week's episode on YouTube because we're gonna be filming it, and we'll. I'm just so excited, so excited. There's so many things we're gonna have the opportunity to do with the studio, and we'll we'll see what happens from it. We don't know. We don't have like much planned as far as how it's gonna how it's gonna go. But mm-hmm. um, I'm sitting on a folding chair on with some freaking stand that my laptop's sitting on in my bedroom that, that holds wine. Yeah, it's a wine. Yeah, it's a wine holder that I carry to the bedroom, and there's clothes around me everywhere. It's literally like the the uh, the jungle, like parting of the sea. Parting mm-hmm. of the sea is what I was gonna say with clothes. Like I gotta like get the zamboni out and push things over so I can set this down, and then I, <laughs> I hear you through the door because you're in my kitchen. So uh, to sit, yeah. and then Josie, we've talked about this, but we are. That's why I'm over the moon to start doing that. But yeah, that is exciting times that, ahead exciting time so hopefully hopefully the sound quality next time you're hearing our voices is much different than it is now but we shall see like i said 92 percent that does leave eight people so don't get mad if uh that eight happens but there will be price to pay for me with jill z i think <laughs> yeah so we gotta we gotta make it happen <laughs> uh but uh thank you everybody for listening thank you again to piper shaw Poolsy. do you have anything to end us off on not really. Nope. No, everyone have a great week. We're right into the swing of things. I, I love this part of the year where we're at. I mean, I already said it, but Jay's baseball right on the corner. NHL season's winding down. Everyone keep an eye on the wraps too. I, I you know, there, there could be some exciting times there with them in the playoffs too. I really think that the wraps could, you know, upset a couple teams. So, We'll have to see, but it's a great time to be a sports fan. And uh, thanks to everyone who uh, downloaded and subscribed to the episode. Mm -hmm. Love you guys. Peace.